If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. Welcome to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas. Before we jump into today's episode, we're going to take a quick break here from the sponsor of the show and we'll be right back. If you're struggling to attract new staff or your team is experiencing burnout, pick up your phone and call Guardian Vets. Through virtual team solutions like after-hour triage, daytime virtual receptionists, callbacks, and telemedicine, Guardian Vets can help you have happy staff, happy clients, and a thriving business. Go to www.guardianvets.com and check Veterinary Success Podcast in the Where Did You Hear About Us section to get a free consultation and receive 50% off your first month of service. Don't wait. Check out guardianvets.com now. You've heard me talk about the opportunity in urgent care. So VetCheck believes in the power of your capacity to influence your patients, patient families, and be a leader in your community. How they do this is by giving you the freedom to take ownership of your future to make the biggest impact in your patients' lives. They equip you with a turnkey opportunity to take action on the dream through a unique pathway to owning your own VetCheck Pet Urgent Care Center franchise. They provide a solution to remove obstacles like competing against corporate dollars in the community that you want to be in and having access to a hospital ownership, medical directorship, and more. Also, you become a partner along the journey. A vet check pet urgent care center franchise is the answer. If you're interested, check out episode number 80, where I talked to Dr. Siva and he shares more about his story and the opportunity. So if this sounds like something that's interesting to you, reach out and learn how you can own your own vet check pet urgent care center franchise today by visiting vetcheckforpets.com, which again is vetcheckforpets.com. Welcome back to the Veterinary Success Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Douglas. First, I wanted to say thank you. Last month in April, um, set a record in downloads, and the trend has been very strong and growing. I know I'm not Joe Rogan, and the show is not meant to be mass market. And with that being said, there are lots of folks that don't know the show exists. So please share, subscribe, review it on Apple Podcasts plus Spotify. On Spotify, I think you can click the little star button at the top. So as many of those as I can get, that's great. It helps people find the show. Um, just to give you a, kind of an inside baseball on what's going on, prior to 2022, there was one month of over 2,000 downloads. And in 2022, there's been uh, not a month that hasn't had greater than 2,000 downloads. So once again, thanks for listening. Seeing that is super motivating for me to continue to push out content, have a lot of really good interviews and guests and, and folks lined up for the show. But again, one of the things that I've committed to doing this year is from a financial education piece, which is this kind of investing basics series. And as always, I want you to be able to provide feedback to the show. You can email at Isaiah at or join the Facebook group. And speaking of the Facebook group, uh, clear desire and upvote for a topic. So, which is why I'm doing it this week. And that is on account types. So 401ks, IRAs, different investment vehicles, and so I wanted to provide some insights there and give you some actionable content. We will just focus on retirement accounts in this episode. Again, you can 
regardless of income, save into a brokerage or taxable account. These accounts allow you to buy and sell pretty much anything. Key things to consider, if you sell before one year, um, that holding period, it's going to be taxed at your ordinary income rate. So whatever your you know, general work income is taxed at, that's what that investment would be if there was a gain. Over a one-year holding period, it's either 15% or 20%. And there's also a fun little extra 3.8% tax called the net investment income tax if you make over $250,000 as well. Dividends are taxable even if they're invested or reinvested. And you can sell a position that is lost or down and take a $3,000 loss per year to offset gains until that loss is fully used up. So let's say worst decision of your life, you lose $100,000. Well, you could write off $3,000 for several, several, several years until it was all used up to offset the gains that you might have earned in a taxable or brokerage account. So that was a little bit more detail actually than what I was thinking of getting into with taxable accounts. Um, but just think about these kind of taxable or brokerage accounts as being something that's super useful. I think they are probably underutilized. A lot of people just don't think about using them. They're great for tax bombs. They're great for getting idle cash to work for you. But transitioning to the topic of the day, um, let's tackle 401ks. And these are accounts that are retirement accounts that are sponsored by your employer. Or if you're an owner, you're offering them to your team. And I'm not going to dive into the details of ownership and offering 401ks in that selection and offering process. I think that will be a specific episode. A handful of you will be like, hey, that's not really valuable to me and, and move on. So I want to stick completely to, hey, if this is my personal 401k, what that looks like. So there are two basic types of 401k accounts. There's traditional and Roth, which differ primarily in how they're taxed. The same taxation rules uh, apply to individual retirement accounts or IRAs, which we'll chat on those later. So just remember when I'm talking traditional Roth, that's both the 401k side and the IRA side as well. So you can save 20,500 if you're under the age of 50 and over 50, there's a catch-up contribution, which is $27,000 in total. There's often a match from your employers that will always be traditional. So even if you're saving into a Roth account, the match will always be traditional from your employer because the employer wants the tax deduction. So again, that's really important to understand that if you're saving into a Roth 401k, you're getting a match. The match from your employer is going to be traditional. You're going to owe taxes on that eventually down the road. And so inside your 401k, there's almost like there's two separate accounts. So again, there's going to be certain little nuances and things I want to share with you to help you understand better. But um, it's really, I promise you, you're amply smart enough to, to understand all this stuff. And sometimes when I'm speaking to it, it can be tricky, but um, just I want you to be aware of all these different things where sometimes it's easier to see it visually or written out as well. But um, with a 401k, there's usually a loan provision as well, which is, hey, I'm in a pickle, I need funds. You can take a loan of up to 50% of the balance or $50,000 and you'll pay yourself back through payroll over time. So this can be a nice place if you do run into trouble to be able to tap into. Now, I don't want you to use it for anything and everything, but life happens. And I think it's super important to know that this is an option that's out there and you can utilize it. And one key thing is if you think you're going to leave your employer and you have a 401k loan, it's going to be due upon your termination. So a lot of times it's between 60 and 90 days. And if that's, let's say $20,000, that can be messy and really taxing to try to get that paid back because then it's going to be taxable if you don't pay it back in time as like a distribution. If you take the loan, there's no taxes associated. You're paying yourself back a nominal interest rate, but it's all coming back to you where you're kind of like the bank, but you're paying yourself back. That's not a bad thing. The bad thing is if you leave the employer with the loan outstanding, then it becomes taxable, then it becomes messy. So 
Investment options normally in a 401k, unfortunately, are only stocks and bonds. I say unfortunately because as we go through this series, I want to unpack and really help you understand that diversification and investing is far more than just stocks and bonds, where wealth management for years and years and years has been built on stocks and bonds. So since the kind of mid-80s, it's been you want more risk, own more stocks. You want less risk, own more bonds. Hey, these are the two things you should own, and this is it. This is great. This is perfect. That's not true. There's plenty more options and absolutely should be aware of, of what else is out there. So normally stocks and bonds, Fidelity recently uh, announced that they are going to actually add Bitcoin to 401ks available probably mid 2022. And as you know, if you've ever listened to my podcasts, uh, I think that's a great thing. However, temper your excitement there. I'm trying to temper my excitement because many plans and many plan administrators probably don't want to be the first mover here. So they're going to likely just continue to keep it stocks and bonds for a while. There's gonna have to be someone that's forward thinking and that really gets Bitcoin to want to include it because there can be regulatory risk and they don't want to get sued. So with that, the other thing you'll likely see outside of just stocks and bonds, you'll see, hey, maybe there's a mutual fund or something. And we talked about mutual funds before, which is just a wrapper. So it's gonna be a collection of things, or either a collection of stocks, a collection of bonds, but there's gonna be something else a lot of times that's gonna have these dates on it, like a 2050 or a 2055. These are called target date funds. They literally are the date of when you can expect to retire. And it's going to have an allocation of stocks and bonds pre-made, and it's going to adjust automatically for you. So as you get closer, let's use 2050 as the example. So you get closer to 2050, it's going to say, you know what, let's get more conservative. Let's own more bonds. I'm not saying that that is the correct move. I'm not saying that that's what it is. But they are, again, using this old framework of less risk means owning more bonds, and they want to lower the, the stock exposure. So they're automatically going to do that for you. They're going to make those changes inside that account. And it is pretty much, you know, plug and play. I pick it and I don't ever have to touch it again. It's a nice option. It's not perfect, but it can be better than doing nothing. Um, and the other thing to look at is always, you know, what are the expense ratios on these things? Because with certain different allocations, you want to just check and see how expensive it is within the plan. That's really, really important to understand. There are certain plans, um, Fidelity is one, I've seen it with principal as well, that allow for what's called brokerage link accounts. These are really cool. So they're accounts that allow you to self-direct your investments. You can actually diversify away from just stocks and bonds. Again, you're gonna always own probably some stocks and bonds, but it allows you to own other things as well. And it's not overly common. And I know I haven't done a deep dive on bonds, but my general rule is if you cannot touch it, again, because this is retirement money till 59 and a half and you're in your 30s or 40s, there's not a good justification today to really own bonds in your 401k. Find the stock options in your plan. So, okay, large cap US, international, emerging markets, whatever, right? Look at the expense ratios, look at the type and allocate to those. Tilt maybe to value, because sometimes maybe you'll have a mutual fund that's gonna say, hey, value with it. And we'll talk more about this stuff later on and and get into like what's value investing or what, what are these different things, but it, you'll likely be in a good spot to own a broad-based, stocks with a little bit of value, um, that's a great spot to be in. So typically you want to own the world. You want to own, hey, what's the global stock market? 50% US, 40% international, 10% emerging markets. You'll be in a great spot to own the world. You're not going to over-concentrate to the US. And we'll get into the characteristics of stock investing. So like quality and momentum and value and size, um, all those things are really interesting. We'll get into more deeper nuance episodes down in the down in the future. But in a 401k, you're going to have stocks, bonds, and maybe some value um, stock exposure. So those are things to look at. So again, look at having more stock exposure in your 401k because you're not going to get to touch it for a little while. Owning bonds in there to me is 
not going to be as applicable as always. And you'll hear it in the show notes, right? Do your own research, talk to professionals. This is not investment advice. This is just general broad-based, hey, this is what Isaiah thinks. Take it for what it's worth. Traditional 401ks are nice as you get a tax deduction today. So lowering your income and thus perhaps your student loan payment as well. The investments grow tax deferred. So it means there's no taxes on any changes. So you can buy and sell and make changes, adjustments. You don't get hit with any of those tax consequences. Then when you pull the money out at retirement, that initial age at 59 and a half is when it's penalty free. If you do it before then, you are going to get hit with some penalties for um, grabbing those funds before retirement age. That amount then, so once you get it in retirement, outside of any penalties, that'll be added to your taxable income. And then at 72, you are required to withdraw money, even if you don't want to. So say you have all the money in the world, you don't need to take any money out of it, but you have an old 401k that's now in an IRA, you're going to have to take what's called required minimum distributions. The federal government's going to say, hey, that tax deferral, um, that, that pushing of the tax benefits that you got, uh, now you owe those to me. So please, please pay up. Roth 401ks allow for payroll deductions to be taxed today at your current rates. So you're going to pay those taxes today. It's going to get added into what you owe. It's going to grow tax-free. And then when it comes out at the end of your life, so when you take it out in retirement, 100% tax-free, which is awesome. So if you want some money for a vacation, you take out the exact amount you want and you owe zero taxes on that. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Roth 401ks are great. So if you have a crystal ball and know what your income is going to be at the end of the year before the year starts, you know what tax rates are going to be in the future. You know what your account value is going to grow into. It's really easy to pick. Hey, Isaiah, what's the right one? Well, shoot, unfortunately, life isn't that clean cut. And uh, a lot of times there's factors to consider. So some factors to consider. How are you paid? Production process salary. And is that likely to change drastically in the year? Are you married? Are you getting married? What does your spouse make? Are they a teacher? Do they own a business? Are they highly compensated? Like, what do they do for a living? Um, what's your tax rate? If you're north of the 32% tax bracket, maybe it's going to make more sense to do traditional. Below that, it's really hard to say the Roth option is not the best option. Are you going for student loan forgiveness? Maybe traditional IRA is going to be helpful because that's going to be that tax deduction today to lower your income, which is going to then factor into the calculations for what you owe for your student loans. Do you want to retire early? And this one actually might make sense to not try to max out your 401k. And maybe you should save into that taxable account we talked about earlier, because if you say, hey, I want to retire at 45 and be done and maybe do some other things, you, you might need to draw on that money. And these retirement accounts aren't going to be the right thing for you. So a lot of times the answers to these questions of like what to do financially are going to be tied back to what am I solving for? What am I trying to get to? What am I trying to accomplish? And a broad brush of advice and kind of something to think through is the default should be a Roth. If you have the option, default to a Roth. It's going to be really tough to overcome that because in the future, tax-free is great. There's going to be a number of different things that you want to look through, but high level, if you're looking for, hey, what's the right answer? Default to a Roth. Yes, you should look at this for yourself, talk to a pro, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But the TLDR, which is the too long didn't read, for any of those that don't know the acronym, Roth is first, foremost, select that option. If you're a relief veterinarian, you can do a 401k as well. Did you know that? You can do a solo 401k, which is a great option, has all the benefits of the above, so Roth and traditional loan provisions, et cetera, but it's also completely self-directed. So the investment options are actually gonna be whatever you want them to be versus you know this bigger plan that's offered from your employer. The matching is slightly different, but as a benefit as well, your total contribution maximum is 61,000. So 20,500 for your deferral. And then as the employer as well, you can, since you're one in the same, 
also give yourself a contribution of up to 40,500. You can save 100% of your compensation for your deferral and 25% of your compensation for the employer match, which equates to that 40,500 part. So that's a really great option. If you are a relief veterinarian and you're trying to figure out, hey, how can I control my taxes better, give flexibility, um, what's a good way to save? So solo 401k, great option. Another one is the SEP IRA, which being a relief veterinarian is super helpful as well. This is straight 25% of your compensation up to 61,000. You lose the loan provision and the Roth provision with a SEP IRA and it's an IRA, so it's an individual account. Simple IRAs are also a great starting plan for new owners, a lot of times to offer to their team if you wanna do something, wanna take care of your team, but you're like, hey, I don't know if I have enough to run a full 401k. These are cheap and effective, allowing you to use a simple match three or 2%. You can save up to 14,000 in deferrals, so can your team. There's no vesting, uh, it means the money is theirs right away. If you're unsure of income as an owner, wanna offer this to your team, I think it makes total sense. We use it a lot on the Vincere side with you know startups when it's like we want to do something but we're not 100% sure of how much you know cash flow is gonna be. So we don't wanna lock in an extra expense. The one thing which is an odd rule likely is gonna be overkill again here, but there's a two year rule that states you cannot move these funds to an IRA or 401k or there's a penalty. So you just wanna make sure you know, before you implement one of these things, talk to whoever's helping you with it, understand it's an IRA. So it's an individual account for each team member. And so they will have those at their custodian of choice or the custodian that you're pointing them to. And when I say custodian, just to be clear, that could be Fidelity, that could be Schwab, that could be TD Ameritrade, that could be Axos, that could be E-Trade, that could be all kinds of different places, Vanguard, right? That's what a custodian is. So those are the company retirement plans and, and kind of the high level overviews. Traditional IRA, same rules as a traditional 401k, except you can save $6,000 and $7,000 if you're over the age of 50. It's in your name. It's not attached to your employer. You can have both of these. You can have a traditional 401k and a traditional IRA. You can have a traditional 401k and a Roth IRA. You can have a Roth IRA and a traditional IRA. So like you can mix and match these as much as you want. A 401k and a, an IRA are completely separate. So if you have a plan at work, there are going to be deductibility limits, which means that you might not be able to get the tax deferral uh, on that traditional IRA. Because remember, traditional IRA, you get the tax deferral up front. It grows tax deferred and it gets taxed coming out at the end. If you're single, it's completely phased out once you make over $78,000, which hopefully for everyone listening is you. Um, if you're married, it's $129,000. So if you have a 401k at work, you probably aren't gonna get as much of a benefit for saving into a traditional IRA. So that being said, you should probably max out that traditional 401k before saving anywhere else, especially if you're trying to say, I wanna lower my income for my student loans or anything else like that. Roth IRA, same rules as the Roth 401k, except you can save again, 6,000 and 7,000, depending on your age, over 50, you get that extra $1,000 bump. It's not attached to your employer. Yes, you can do this as well. Phase out limits are higher here, so again, Great to, to kind of look at this. If you're facing out of the traditional IRA and it doesn't give you any tax benefit, absolutely go to the Roth. If you're phased out but don't have a traditional IRA, simple IRA, SEP IRA, you can do what's called a backdoor Roth IRA. I'm not gonna get to all the details here, but know it's a really nice option. You can be making $5 million a year and still do a backdoor Roth and get that tax-free benefit. So it's really, really a nice thing to have. And for Roth IRAs, there's also a nice feature that allows for a first-time home buyer to take out $10,000 of the Roth IRA for that purchase. Also, since the savings into a Roth IRA are done post-tax, which means you're already taxing the amount you're putting in, you can always take out your Roth contributions at any point. So if I put in $6,000 in 2022 and it's 2024 and I need $6,000, I can take that back out. You cannot take out the growth of the investments. 
So if I put in $6,000, it grows to 12. I can't take out 12, but I can take out six. So just the contributions. There is a five-year rule for Roth IRAs distributions that stipulate that the five years must have passed since the tax year of your first Roth IRA contribution before you can withdraw the earnings in a tax-free manner. So that means, hey, let's say I'm 57. I hear about this Roth IRA thing from Isaiah on the Veteran Success Podcast, and I'm fired up. I need to get one of these. I never had one before. Uh, I hear they're tax-free. So I'm taxed on the money going in, but it's tax-free when it comes out. Shoot, I retire early, and I want to take it out 59 and a half. Er, wrong. You can't take it out until five years. For the vast majority of you listening, this is a nothing burger. And it's just something that I wanted to point out to cover all my bases as well and try to be as detailed as possible. Um, but that five-year clock is when you can take things out tax-free as far as the earnings. So just be aware, um, again, this is where you know the, the things that advisors, planners, like they know some of these different rules and how they can interplay with each other. And sometimes it's like, you can look at the rules in a vacuum and it's like, well, they actually, you know, play off each other. And there are some certain things there, but just know backdoor Roth IRA is a really awesome tool that as of today, as of this recording here on the 1st of May, 2022 is still available to you, regardless of income. If you listen to this in 2023, I don't know if it will still be available because it's been on the chopping block for quite a while. So if you have those traditional type IRAs and you phase out for um, a single individual, it is, so sorry, for a Roth IRA. So if you're phasing out of a Roth IRA and let's say you have a traditional IRA as well, the back door is then gonna close. So what what can you put into it? So you phase out as a single individual at $144,000 and for a married family, it's 214. So that's a lot of different facts, figures and numbers, but just to recap that, Roth IRAs you can put into when your income as a single individual is less than 144. After that, it's completely phased out. There's going to be partial amounts you can put in. For a married couple, 214, then it would um, be completely phased out as well. So some takeaways and some actionable advice, guidance, thoughts, feedback, things to think about. If you're offered a 401k at work, always take the match, even if the plan is kind of crappy and not great. Um, let's say it's a 3% match. If you save three, do that at a minimum. Then switch over and max out a Roth IRA. Use your 401k to think through and plan for student loans and taxes, especially as you start you know, getting more complicated. Let's say you have a spouse, you have kids, you have other things going on. Think about how you can use your 401k and some of the savings at work for also addressing and keeping your student loans lower because no one likes to pay more in student loans that are already gonna be forgiven and have more paid in taxes. So one of the cool things that you can do is, is look at it and say, okay, I'm gonna squash my income as much as possible and save a bunch of money, which is great for me in the future. Yes, I'm gonna owe taxes, but it's gonna keep my income lower so my student loan payments are less so I can keep more of the money that I'm making because I'm deferring it and putting it right into investments. That's awesome. That's something to think about with student loans. Um, also, if you're getting married or have a big life change, you can adjust your Roth or traditional savings entry year from year to, or year to year as you're saving. So it's not a, oh, I think about it, I do it once at you know age 30 and it's the same for the rest of my life. You can adjust it and change it over time. And you can save a lot into retirement accounts. And I think most advisors get so obsessed with retirement savings, retirement savings, retirement savings. Sometimes they forget about, hey, what about living life and like taking a vacation or buying a house or doing these other things? There's nothing wrong with having some of your savings that you want to set aside in a taxable account. Yes, you're not getting the benefit of the taxable um, savings and maybe the, the retirement accounts. But you know what? You have the technical term is liquidity. The normal person term is accessibility. I can go access it. I can grab it. I can get it and I can spend it if I want. And so there are certain things in certain times where it makes more sense to, you know, hey, it's great that I can save more into my 
Roth 401k, but it actually, I want it in this taxable account for XYZ reasons. So you got to start somewhere. Make sure you get that match. That's super important. It's free money that's sitting there on the table before you head out the back door that your employer is giving you. Take the money and run. So you got to start somewhere. Get saving. Leverage the accounts at your disposal. Give me feedback on questions that you have. And until next time, hopefully this is helping you on your investment journey. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to today's show. The comments made on today's show should not be taken as investment, tax, or legal advice. All comments are for educational purposes only. You should consult your team before implementing anything. Isaiah Douglas is a partner of Vincere Wealth Management. Isaiah is registered in the state of Indiana, California, Texas. The biggest compliment you can give to this podcast is to share it with a friend. Reviews help the show get found, and Apple Podcasts is the platform that predominantly is how people listen to the show. If you have three to five minutes, you like the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts, give us an honest rating and review. That'll help more people find the show. For all of today's links and information, head over to veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. There you can subscribe via your favorite podcast platform platform so you won't miss another episode. Finally, if you'd like more information, insights, and have the ability for your voice to be heard and interact with show guests, join the private Facebook group. You can go to the Veterinary Success Podcast on Facebook or head over to the veterinariansuccesspodcast.com. Scroll all the way to the bottom where it says about your host and then click on the Facebook icon. That'll bring you into the Facebook group. I'll approve you. You'll be in. And then I'd love to hear your questions, feedback, and anything that you'd like to see added to the show. So with all that, thank you so much for listening. I'll be talking again to you soon.